What's going on family? Let's talk about something that's been buzzing in the tech world, AI safety and security. How do you feel about the rapid advancements in AI and the potential risk that it brings? Have you heard of the stories about AI being tricked? It's a real concern, but fear not because there's a real solution, AI Red Teaming. You see, AI Red Teaming is all about stress testing. You see, AI models and deployments to prevent unauthorized access and data leaks. It's about ensuring that your AI can't be tricked into providing information beyond its intended use. And guess what? You don't have to do it alone. My friends over at HackerOne has a community of over 750 active hackers specializing in AI security testing. You see, in a recent engagement, just 18 hackers identified over 100 valid findings in just two weeks. That's the power of ethical hackers. Wow. So if you want to ensure the safety and security of your AI deployments, look no further. Head over to HackerOne.com and explore their AI red teaming services. With strategic flexibility, rapid deployment, and a hybrid talent strategy, HackerOne has everyone, everything you need to safeguard your AI. Don't let AI keep you up at night. Visit HackerOne.com today and rest easy knowing that your AI is in safe hands. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's happening? No capping. We AO about to get a play. Oh, pull up to the table. Let's go. Yo, what's going on, fam? It's your boy Anthony O'Neill. Welcome back to the table. You guys already know we are in the beautiful city of Atlanta, man. We're just rocking out this month in this beautiful city. And I'm so grateful because, man, we have been able to have some great conversations. So make sure y'all go back and check some of the other episodes. But today, I'm real excited because we're going to keep it real and keep it relatable. We're going to keep it relevant, especially around the subject of wealth building within the black community. I got a dope black couple here that is killing the game. But before we get to them, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Okay. Make sure that you're rocking out with your family every single Monday. And you guys already know, man, we're about to go to two shows a week. And I don't want to tell you what's coming because I got something dope coming to the table uh, that's going to really help us reach our goals, become our authentic selves, and really hit that wealth journey that we want to go to. Now, wealth is going to be a little different from me to you. Okay. Wealth to me is not just about finances. It's also about the freedom, the options, the opportunities, your mindset. What are you doing in life and how do you want to do it and who you want to do it with, you know? And so uh, we're going to be having those conversations. But today, 
We're really going to be breaking this up down. Um, and to set up today's show, you guys know me. I always bring my iPad up from at the actual table. Um, I have my laptop up and I do some research to set up every single show. So to set up today's show, listen, in 2020, okay, in 2020, the total U.S. consumer debt balance grew by $800 billion. This is according to Experian, a credit reporting agency. Okay. Uh, that was an increase of 6% from the year of 2019. Okay. Are you a part of this debt? Did you go out there and rack up some more debt? Did you use your credit card so you can go buy this and get some credit card reward points? Uh-oh. Yeah, I asked that question. The highest annual growth jump in over a decade. This is ridiculous. 2020, let's be real, was a hard year for a lot of people. But it proved that we need to get out of debt, stack up our emergency funds, get a plan for a money, a.k.a. a vision for our money, so we can avoid going deeper into debt. Last year, I had an opportunity to meet several people who actually didn't lose a job. They actually started businesses, and they paid off a lot of debt. And one of those couples... I'm excited because they're here today. Today, I am joined by an incredible couple. It's a power couple. Don't get it twisted. You're going to see him, but next to him is the, is, is, it, it's everything. It, it's his right hand. It's his arm and his leg. I mean, she said it. Don't get it twisted. There would be no Rashad if there was no Nirvana. Did I say it right? I did. There would be no Rashad if there was no black queen named Nirvana. All right. They are from Texas, man. Uh, they are on their way to, to completely, check this out, get closer right here, me and you, completely becoming debt free. They have no more consumer debt. They are about to pay off their mortgage. If my friend and mentor Dave Ramsey was here, they are about to become some weird people, some weird black people in the building. I'm going to be real. I haven't paid off my mortgage. You know what I'm saying? I, I still have it. I'm about five years out. So, uh, you know, they, 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 we on the same journey. You know, I'm about to become even weirder. And trust me, when I do pay off my mortgage, it's a wrap. I'm going to come in here with no shirt on like, yo, I just paid off. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. But y'all, today's show is going to be good. Can y'all help me welcome to the table for the first time and definitely not the last time, uh, the wealth building educators. Because he's the educator, she's the educator, he wouldn't be the educator without the educator. Uh, welcome to the table, man. What's going on, bro? What's going on, man? Appreciate you having me. Yo, so let's, 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 let's get straight into it, man, because um, I don't like a whole bunch of fluff on my mm -hmm. table. You know, all that good stuff is great stuff, but my people come here to learn, all right? And so let's, let's dive into this um, on why you all went so aggressive paying off your debt. Uh, number one, how much debt did y'all pay off? How long did it take y'all to pay it off? And then I want to know what was the, the breaking point? What made y'all say, you know what? We need to attack this debt. And also, how many kids do y'all have? Well, okay. We have three kids. Three kids? 15-year-old yep. son, 10-year-old daughter, and a 9-year-old son. Oh, they close. So it's not yeah. too bad. Yeah. Okay. All right. Y'all was working early on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So how much debt did y'all pay off? Well, officially... When we did Financial Peace University, we started out with $85,000. Okay. We paid that off in about two years. Two years. Yes, sir. Eighty-five grand in two years. Yes, sir. Now, how much money were y'all making around those two years? I would say probably 
Maybe 115. 115. As a, as a family? Yeah, as a family. Okay, okay, okay. What were you doing at the time? Teaching? I was an assistant principal. Assistant principal. Mm-hmm. What were you doing? And I was a teacher. You was a teacher. I knew one of y'all was a teacher. Okay, cool, great. So making 115 as a couple paid off $85,000 in two years. Who? I mean, y'all was, y'all was grinding for two years. Grinding. Not even really eating a lot for those two years. Beans and rice. Were. Beans <laughs> and rice. <laughs> you know, when I was with Dave, my thing was uh, tomatoes, hot dogs, and rice. <laughs> so that's what I grew up on. When we yeah. didn't have food, my mom would get some rice, put some tomatoes in there, mm-hmm. cut up the, the hot dogs, yep. and we'd just eat that. Yeah. Yep. That sounds like one of the meals I had growing up. Hey, man, listen. <laughs> it, it, it's the truth in the black culture. I'm going to tell you that right now. I mean, Absolutely. We, 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 we did that. What was the breaking point? What made y'all say, you know what? Um, as a, as a young black couple, we need to get out of debt. The stress, you know, she would be able to go to sleep at night, mm-hmm. but I would struggle with it. Mm-hmm. So as the head of the household, I, I, you know, I took all the weight on my shoulders and I, I, I figured I'm the one who got us in this hole. I need to dig us out, but she wouldn't necessarily feel the brunt of it. Mm-hmm. She would just hear me complaining about it. Gotcha. gotcha. And I knew that the longer we sat there in debt, the less comfortable I would be. Yeah. And the less comfortable that we would be. I don't know. What do you think? It wasn't as noticeable to me. I knew we had debt, but Rashad is more of a numbers guy. Okay. So it weighed on him more. Did it? You know? Yeah. So. Did it. Now, the weight as the, the man of the house, right? Um, you will go to work and feel that weight. You will come home, see the kids, feel that weight. You will walk around feeling that weight. Um, for the people who are watching us right now, Break that down a little bit more. Like, how did that process for you emotionally, uh, mentally, spiritually? So let's suppose your kids come home with a fundraiser or they have mm-hmm. something where you could you pay an extra five dollars and they get to be out of dress code for a week. Yeah. And you're making one hundred fifteen, one hundred twenty thousand dollars, but you can't afford it because you have all these debt payments going out. Right. So <laughs> I literally felt like I was going to work for Chase Bank of America the credit union yeah, yeah, yeah. every day. That's what I felt like I was going to do. Yeah. That's what I was going to work for. Not for my family, not Ooh, for our retirement. Say that again. Yeah, yeah. So it, what they, when they say that the borrower is a slave to the lender, it literally felt like that every day. It's, 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 it's wow. You're waking up Monday, 6 a.m. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 6 a.m. To get the paycheck, not so you can get back to your wife, not so you can get back to your kids so they can enjoy life, but so you can go pay all these other, I want to say the names, so I'm with them, I'm, no, I'm going to say Citibank, you know, Bank of America, you know, all these other, all these other people, but nothing for your family. Nope. Do you think your kids, like your 15-year-old, do you think your 15-year-old understands what y'all were going through, that y'all were making good money, but you didn't really have the money? So we tried to shield them as much as possible. We had those conversations like, hey, we can't do this for this particular reason. Yeah. And we were pretty transparent with them. But, you don't, you know, for a nine or 10 year old you, at the time, you don't necessarily think they really understand how this debt is impacting what we can do with them. Mm. And, you know, they had for the most part, they had their needs. Yeah. yeah. But the wants was what they weren't able to really get. Right. So where do y'all live right now? Fort Worth, Texas. Fort Worth, Texas. Okay, okay. So check this out. All right, all right. So, one hundred and fifteen in Fort Worth, Texas. That's good money for a family, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Huh. Hmm. Okay. 
Okay, because he, here's my tribe. Whenever I say, like, hey, you know, you're making $115,000, but it depends on where you are. It could be broke. $115,000 in California is not a lot of money. Well, it depends on where you are in California. Yeah. But I think if you're making $100,000 anywhere, as long as you're on a budget, you may not live a luxury lifestyle, lifestyle like you could in Texas, like you could in North Carolina, like you could in even in, in the Georgia area. But yeah, if you're in New York or if you're in California, if you're in the DMV area, that cost of living is going to be a little bit, little bit higher. But what, what I'm hearing you say is for a season, you and your family was a typical family. We was getting a paycheck, living paycheck to paycheck, mm-hmm. making $115,000. Yeah, so at the time we were making one fifteen, and you know we make more than that now, but that's a little brag, a little flex. Oh, I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm we paid off all of our debt and we made more money. Say what? Well, so, we, so, so we have gotten significant raises since then. But yeah. in addition, paying off that debt gives you a major raise. Yes, it does. Yeah, because now that money you can you know, reallocate towards your family and towards retirement and, and, and paying off your house early and things like that. During those two years, I'm curious, what was probably the hardest no, the hardest thing uh, the hardest struggle of going through this journey? I'm going to defer that to the queen. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> I can't remember the hardest no, but the struggle is just like the kids need a new jacket. You know, just the little things. And it's like you yeah. got to find the money to pay for the little things. Oh, man. And if you, and if you, so let's suppose you're, you're paying off the top, you're paying this debt off the top mm-hmm. and something comes up to where you, need a jacket or something or you need to contribute to a fundraiser but you have already reallocated this money mm-hmm. to debt and you're not using credit cards mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you got to wait like how, yeah. how, how else are you going <laughs> to pay for this so those that was definitely a struggle in the black community as a black couple I'm curious one of the things I am always faced with is well these people say use their money to make us wealthy Anthony, you say, no, I'll pay their money back and use my money. I'm curious, why did you all not go that way? Why did you all choose, you know what, let's stop this game. Let's stop playing this this path and let's join this path of financial freedom. Well, we did go that way. That's what got us into the trouble we were in. Ooh, I didn't want to say that. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. That's, that's the truth, though, me. Borrowing other people's money because it's just easy, you know. It is. From the time you're in college, they yeah. you know, give you this $500 limit. They give you a pizza, a T-shirt. And from that moment on, you're, you're in debt. You're a slave to the lender. So, Man. So, all right, let's talk about this for people watching this right now. How did y'all do it? How did y'all do it as a couple? What was the strategic plan to get out of this, this, this debt trap that you all were in? So, one thing is money... Is in our in a black community, money is so taboo. Man, having those discussions, having that dialogue about money is taboo, and it's even taboo within within your your household a lot yeah, of time. Yeah, yeah. Like you have, you know, it's usually a nerd and a free spirit within a marriage, and sometimes the nerd doesn't necessarily want to talk to the free spirit mm-hmm. or the free spirit, which is my wife. She feels like anytime I'm questioning her, I'm challenging her, or I'm, I'm trying to have a stronghold on her, or yeah. bully her. Yeah. So until we were able to get on the same page and comfortably have those conversations, we weren't going to go anywhere. Gotcha. So the first step was to to have that dialogue, to just you know let her know, hey, this is where we stand, okay, and these are the steps we need to take to 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 get out of this hole. So 
how did you feel about that first conversation? Was it hard? So initially, I think when you have somebody who is more the free spirit, the free spirit, you Not know, spend that money. Um, uh-huh. You know, I like to call myself a, a I mean, Google I see free the nails, spirit. I see the hair, y'all. <laughs> she, ain't, she ain't no, she ain't half stepping, y'all. She definitely. Not. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, um, it's the approach. Mm-hmm. So if you're just like for a person who is a little more, you know, yeah. Reserved about it, you need to come with a better approach than well, just like. She said, come at me correct. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I think, you know, after a while, I could see the wear and tear. I could see the stress. Yeah. Um, he came with a better approach and we were able to meet in the middle. Did he come with the right approach in the beginning? I think it was more hard line. <laughs> <you know? laughs> more That's like, her way of saying no, but I'm going to respect my husband <laughs> on this show. Uh, not really. So when you say hard line, like what did, what did you say? It was like, yo, no, we're done. I think it was more like, so, you know, when Dave talks about his name being a cuss word in, you know, households, it, I think that's what it is. So oh. you watch a video of Dave Ramsey or whatever, and then yeah. you go immediately to your wife and regurgitate whatever he said. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, that's rough. That's rough. That's really rough. And you know, he's out there. Because Dave is my guy. But if my yeah. wife ever came to me, but Dave Ramsey said, Dave Ramsey ain't paying the bills anymore. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's my guy. You know? Uh, but uh, nah, because Dave ain't going to his house where Anthony said, what? Yep. You know? <laughs> so I got you. So it was more so of the approach. So I think like, Versus just, you know, Dave said, or this person said, mm-hmm. it's about, this is what we could have if we did this. This yeah. is what we could do if we did it this way. And for those of y'all watching, well, who is this Dave guy that everyone's talking about? Dave Ramsey is my friend and mentor. I used to be with him for like six, seven years. Still a very close friend of mine. He has taught me pretty much everything I know about money. Uh, Dave, we love you. Um, you know, I love you, but my wife can't bring your name up in my house. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so... Um, okay. So the approach mm-hmm. had to be better. Right. So now that you know that, tell the men, how should they approach their spouses about money, about changing their journey? I think any man at, or any woman, right? So if it's the nerd, the nerd needs to approach the free spirit gotcha. kind of in a manner that they need to explain the why instead of the what. Yeah. So yeah. the other, if the receiving party does not understand the expected outcomes and why that's going to be beneficial in the future to the family, then they're going to just keep kind of blowing it off, you know? And and that's what I've like, she, she just didn't know. She didn't know, you know? So when I started having those initial conversations with her, it did come, come across a little more hardcore. Yeah. But when we, we start having those conversations, I said, Hey, we need to go through FPU. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, and I told her why we need to go through it because we're going to have more peace at at the end of the day. So So now she's like, okay, so she's thinking, okay, if the expected outcome is that we have more financial peace, Mm -hmm. it will be worth it more than going through this same thing over and over again and him fussing at me and me fussing at him. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I love it. It's almost like, what's the why? Where are you going? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You You know, um, I take Financial Peace University every year, mm-hmm. you know, and I live and teach this. And it's because I want to con- constantly remind myself of the why I'm going the way I want to go. You know, my mom and dad didn't have a honeymoon. They didn't have a wedding. Mm. Um, we lived in a very small 400 square foot apartment, like loft 
with me, my mom, and my dad, right? And when I think about my why, this is why some ladies don't like me, Nora, because I, I, I you know, I, I, I date on a budget. And I date on a budget not because I'm trying to be anal and, and cheat with my money. It's because I want to make sure that when I get to my wife, I have the financial freedom. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that when I get to my kids, I have the means to provide. Because just like you, y'all said, hey, we got to figure out how can we get them a jacket. I remember my parents telling me, hey, I know you have a hole in the bottom of your shoe. We can't buy any shoes. Here's some black duct tape. Mm-hmm. And I got to put duct tape on the bottom of my shoes so that when my socks won't come out and water won't get in there. And I remember walking around, water still getting in, and I'm having to squeeze out my socks, put them back on, take off my shoes in the middle of class, and I'm embarrassed. I'm doing up underneath my desk. I remember that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't want to do that. So I hear you. It's like, explain the why. When you explain that why, the other person won't feel attacked, won't feel like you're coming at me hard. It's like, okay, he's right. I want to go on vacation with my family. He's right. I want to buy this car one day. He's right. I want to be able to do what we want to do when we want to do it, but we can't do it if we don't change this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that is so, so, so important. Um, And so this is what I'm going to do, you guys. Um, Financial Peace University, which is inside of Ramsey Plus, is going to be inside of the show descriptions. And so if you're just like this couple, um, if you're like me and you want to change your life and get out of debt, the best course out there in the world is Financial Peace University. And the reason why I love it is because, you know, Dave promotes financial peace, but I also want to add this. It promotes financial freedom. And I think especially for people who look like us, minorities, not only do we need peace, but before we have peace, we need freedom. Okay. And freedom gives us options. Freedom opens up opportunities for our families. It opens up opportunities for your kids. So when you do get that financial freedom, you're no longer in this uh, beautiful bondage of debt. Now you have the peace. Now you have the joy. Now you have the opportunity to do what you want to do when you want to do it with your family. Now you can say, hey, kids, you go on to grandmama's house and me and, uh, you know, your spouse, we're going to go make another kid like you. We'll be back. You know, it just creates so much opportunity. So check out the show description. I'm telling you right now, it will be absolutely amazing. So now that you all are out of debt. And you all went through Financial Peace University. You all had the conversation. This is what we got to do. What are you doing now to make sure that you all do not go back into debt? That's a great, great question. Right now, we are just, you know, practicing, you know, being uh, what resilient and we we continue to budget. Yeah, yeah. Because I think one thing that a lot of people do. You said budget. You know, my tribe don't like the word budget. (laughs) Hey, I don't know why people have a problem with budgeting. Why, why, I don't know neither. Why do you think they have a problem with budgeting? I think people want to still be able to do what they want to do without accountability. But if you think about this, right? So if my wife, if I continue to take us down the, the dark path mm-hmm. and, and we weren't budgeting and I wasn't, I didn't have my hand on everything and then I led us to a bankruptcy or something like that. Yeah. Would she have more respect for me then or would she have more respect for me if I was leading us responsibly financially, you know? Mm. So that's how I kind of look at it. Yeah. So, we're, you know, to this day, we still talk about money. We're a little looser on the budget now because right. we can afford to do that. Yeah, yeah. 
And, you know, we eat out sometimes. We just t- took the kids to a Brazilian steakhouse a few weeks ago. It cost quite a bit of money. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. We, but we can, we can do that <laughs> I mean, now. Brazilian steakhouse. Hey, hey, it's a it's black couple. <laughs> with, with three kids? There you go. Family of five? <laughs> oh, that was an easy three dollars $400 bill. Easy three dollars <laughs> I know it, bro. I know the math in my head. Two people is going to be at least one seventy five dollars to two fifty. dollars mm. <laughs> Especially if you getting, well, if you getting liquor. Ooh. <laughs> we didn't get liquor. No, you did or you didn't? We did. We did. Oh, okay. These some same, same people, you know? I'm saying I love the Lord too, but I do partake. <laughs> what? But doesn't it feel good to know that you can yes. take your family there? And when you get home, you're not paying for that. See, this this, this is what good this. So I'm, I'm, about, I'm, about to, I'm, about to, I'm about to piss somebody off. It bothers me when people pull. I'm about to pull out my credit card, get some reward points on this steak. What? <laughs> what? Like that would turn me off if someone did that. Are you like reward points? Reward for points steak. for a steak. You know, I, I was gonna pay for it anyway. But I mean, because everyone, everyone says I paid off every month. But that's the case. If everyone was paying off every month, we wouldn't have credit cards right. because they wouldn't be making any money. Right. Yeah, I, I understand. So I was, so I've always been in that camp, right? So when we went through FPU, we did all the cutting up credit cards and everything. And then we went, I lost some money in an envelope one time. Oh. I was like, I, that's never happening again. So I went back to credit cards. Okay. And, but we, we were in the camp that paid it off every month. Got you. Got but you. I, w- I will agree that when you use the credit cards, you do overspend. Absolutely. Even if you can afford it, yeah. you overspend because now you know, like, you know, if we're in a restaurant or something and you see something, you know, you might, Spend a little extra on it. Yeah. Or if there's a, if I log into my e- my email and I see Carnival has a sale going on and this money wasn't budgeted, I can go put a $200 down payment <laughs> on my card and just pay it off in a few weeks. So, yeah, you, I do. You're going to spend more. Yeah, you're going to spend more. I mean, it's, it's, it's made to do that. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I am not upset with their business philosophy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I get upset with people saying, well, I can just pay it off every single month. Here's the truth. Study show it. Only 3% of the people who actually have a credit card actually can do that every single yeah. month. That's incredible. So that means 97%. 97% yeah. of the people who actually have a credit card carry a balance. Yeah. They carry a balance and they're paying interest. And interest going away, interest that you're paying to me is a penalty and it's robbing from your wealth building mm-hmm. opportunities. Now, listen, can 3% of people um, honestly do that? Yeah, yeah, I do. You know, I have a mentor who does it right now. And on the 12th of every single month before the bill hits him on the 15th, he pays it off mm-hmm. religiously, yeah. you know, and. I'm like, okay, cool, great. Uh, that's cool. I, if I had a credit card, I can do that now. But I'm like, no, I don't need it. I'm going to show the people you don't have to have one, yeah. you know? But people who do do it, again, I don't have 25 years of expertise in, in the game like Dave, so I can't call them stupid. And I won't. That's not my motto. Um, but I, 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 I'm rocking with the no credit cards. And, and I think there's also, you can look at, I guess it's a moral aspect, right? So there are some sophisticated people. My wife and I in the past have racked up thousands of dollars in rewards yeah. and sign-up bonuses. Yeah. But they, they're giving you that money from somewhere. And it's, they're right. probably paying you from those people who can't afford <laughs> to, you know, who, pay, who are paying thousands of dollars in interest. It's coming from somewhere. So, you know, we've, we fought that moral dilemma as well in the past. Coming from somewhere. Yeah, it's it ain't from free somewhere. money. Right. It's, it's not free money. It's not. I mean, money. the banks are smart. 
You know, okay, we're going to give everyone free money. And then what we're going to do is not only loan them money, we're going to give them money on top of it. That's the business model. That's, it is, that does not make any sense. Yeah, yeah. And I think for me, it's I don't want to eat off of your hard work. I understand. I don't want to go out here and go to Hawaii because you don't know how to pay your bills on time. Mm-hmm. Yep. I want to educate you. I want to be wise and just say, you know what? Hey, let's all win. Let's all go to Hawaii, but let's do it on our dime. Or let's go out here and build a business, put in hard work, and let them come pay for our services that eventually pays for us to go to Hawaii. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I mean, I, I, whew, man, this is so good. This is so good. This is so good. Um, so, okay, y'all got any luxury cars? No. <laughs> Not at all. You said that quick. Oh, she was good. looking like, no, but I want one, but no, he won't let me. <laughs> no. What's your dream car? To be honest, I don't have one. One that no. runs. Um, really? I'm very practical. I'm a free spirit, but okay. I'm a practical free spirit. You pra- know? What so, does that mean? The practical To me, like, spirit. I don't, luxury name brands aren't impressive to me. They're not? They're not. So you're a woman. You don't have a Louis Vuitton purse? I don't. You don't have a Gucci purse? I don't. And y'all got money. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't have no name brand purses? I have one. What was the name? Oh, to be honest, I can't even remember, but I'm the Is that the one me, I got you from my outlet? He got it from me from my, yeah. From, <laughs> from my <an> outlet? <laughs> <laughs> was it like a coach or something? It was it's a coach. Yeah. It's a coach purse? Yeah. yeah. Coach Listen, man, my mom is watching this show right now. I could take my mom to the coach outlet. I took my mom to <laughs> the mall. I said, mom, okay, I'm talking about I've specifically parked in front of Louis, in front of Gucci. And I said, mom. You can go and buy any purse, any purse. My mom walked past the Gucci store, past the Louis Vuitton store, past Michael Kors. She looked into Michael Kors, went straight to Coach. You would have thought my mama was buying Chanel. Mm. <laughs> my mom was so happy. I was like, oh, my God, my son. Oh, thank you, son. And my, my ex-fiance was with me at the time. And she was looking at me like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, mom, you sure don't want to check out Louis? Louis? Louis Vuitton? What? I, give them $2,000 for one purse? I come over here and get three? Uh-uh. I'm going to get me three of these. <laughs> <laughs> so you got her a coach purse. But coach yeah. growing up in our generation, like that wasn't true. Yeah. I didn't even really, I never heard of Louis Vuitton when I was growing up. Me neither. Right. I did. Neither. It was Coach, um, Dooney and Burks. Yeah. You know, I know about Dooney and Burks. I would never buy another Dooney and Burks. Mm. I bought several of them for girls. I didn't even know who their last name today. <laughs> Lord Jesus. Uh, <laughs> you know, I didn't really start learning about Louis and Gucci until social media became yeah. more relevant. And, 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 and I could say this respectfully. The reason being is because Louis and Gucci don't advertise to people who look like us. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Coach and Dooney and Burt still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so anytime you make that kind of decision on any purchase now, I guess it's a, it's a blessing and a curse to be so woke when it comes to finances. Because yeah. I know now if we're going to spend $1,000 on something, mm-hmm. the opportunity cost. That yeah. $1,000 might be $15,000 in, in 10 years when you talk about compound interest. So any financial decision we make now, sometimes in the back of my head, I'm like, How's this going to impact us 15 or 20 years from now? Absolutely. But to go back to what you said about the dream car thing, growing up, Uh I was, 
in situations where we 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 had cars that broke down on the side of the road. We had a a, a gallon water bottle that had water in it for when the radiator overheated. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was used to. So to me, a dream car was always a car that I knew would get me from A to B right. without having to call a tow truck or anything. And that's I drive a 16 Camry. She has a 16 Odyssey right now. We know when we start the car up, we're going to get to our destination. You know, So that's a dream car to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel you now. So y'all still operate with that mindset. Absolutely. And that's what I love, man, because that mindset reminds me of The Millionaire Next Door. Best book. One of the best books ever. It's like, yo, it's not about what do we have to flash. It is about like, hey, do we have the opportunities in the bank to just do whatever we want to do? It's Mm -hmm. not that we don't have the money to go buy the car. It's that we just choose not to. You know, and we choose to put our money in other places. Y'all have three kids. Mm -hmm. If I have three kids, some of the things that I spend money on today as a single person, I probably wouldn't. Because I would want to spend that on my kids. One of my friends is a um, uh, plays for plays in the NFL, right? And he convicted me one day. Black man uh, makes way more money than me. <laughs> Wait, and he makes more money off of the field than he does on the field, mm. right? Because uh, he's into like investing and crypto, into you know uh, the tech, mm-hmm. uh, fintech stuff. And um, came up to the house, my house. It was man, this is nice, man. This is nice. I said, man, cool. Yeah, thanks, bro. I'm proud of myself. You know, NFL players. It's a nice house, bro. I'm like, cool. He gets in my car. Man, this is nice. Hey, yo. I was like, thanks, man. Thanks, man. She was like, hey, man, how about you come out um, to uh, to uh, my city, me, you, and my other good friend, Pastor Steven, um, out of DMV. Let's play golf. I was like, okay, cool. How about you stay with me in my house? I'm like, bad. I'm like, yo, let's go. I'm going to tell my boy, he's going to pull up in Rolls Royce. You know what I'm saying? He's going to have at least 20,000 square feet. We get off the plane. My man pulls up in a 1990 Chevy Suburban. <laughs> and I'm sitting here like, what the? We pull in a neighborhood. My house is bigger than his house. And I'm like, what the heck is going Got a nice little pool in the backyard. I'm like, okay. And we sitting down for dinner. And um, she was like, man, what y'all think, man? I say, yeah, doc. Yeah. He was like, well, the key thing is, that's paid for. The suburban. The house, paid for it cash. No loan. And I was like, so where do you spend your money, bro? I mean, you in the NFL. You are famous. He was like, I spend it on experiences. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I was like, what, break that down for me. He was like, I'm a black father with a black wife with black kids. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have experiences growing up. So if we're going to go on vacation, you know, uh, next month. I'll probably spend $100,000 on vacation. Mm-hmm. I was like, $100,000? Oh. He said, yeah, I want my kids to grow up with memories, mm-hmm. with experiences yep. that, that I didn't have growing up. It's not an experience to drive in a Maybike and a Rolls Royce as a 15-year-old kid. They don't know the difference between that. As long as they have a car that gets them to school, that gets them to soccer games, uh, as long as they have a home that's big enough for them to enjoy and a nice little pool to jump in the backyard to with their friends, that's all they really need. And man, and 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 I'm not ashamed of how I spend my money, but it definitely taught me something. That everyone's everyone values something different. And for me, financial freedom, going through financial peace university, paying off your debt, all of our different, all of our reasons will be different. 
Yes. You know, y'all did it for your family. Me, I just want to do it for my future family and so I can enjoy my life today. But once you get that freedom, if you want to buy a luxury car, buy a luxury car. If you want to go out here and take your kids on the $50,000 vacation, go take your kids on the $50,000 vacation. Mm -hmm. If you want to pay off your mom's house or go buy your parents a car, a house, you do that because you worked hard so you can have freedom to make the choices that you want to make and have the impact that you want to have the impact on. And so just hearing you say that, man, it just, just convicted me, man. It's all about experiences. I mean, we took our kids to Disney and 16, 2016. I had never been because I couldn't afford it. Right, right. And we took them on a cruise in 2019. We're going on another one, 2022. For real? Yep, yep. So it's just, these are experiences. that feel as parents? That y'all can do that and you don't have to sit there and worry about what happens when you come home. It's How to pay good. bills. I mean, it's gotten to, you know, we, we're traveling more often and we have these experiences. Our, our children picking the cities they want to go to. Like our youngest is like, can we go to Miami next? You know, like they got different places that they want to see. Yeah. So being able to do that for them is awesome. And that's wealth. Like that's wealth. Wealth is not just the, I have the money, but the wealth is I'm, I have the opportunity to give my kids opportunities. Right. Ask my kids, where do y'all want to go? Hawaii. Okay, let's go. Here you go. Right. I'm like you. I've never been to Disney World uh, because we just couldn't afford it growing up. Yep. And so I told myself, I'm never going to go to Disney World until I take my kids there. Yep. That's going to be an incredible experience for you. I can't wait because I'm going to be like a little kid at Disney World yep. playing <laughs> with them. I'm going to take them on a Disney Cruise, y'all pray for me. I'm probably need to hire like two nannies with my wife for that because <laughs> uh, I mean I hear you just don't stop on that cruise. Nope. But the the fact is that I can do that and not worry about how we're going to pay the light bill when we get home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how we're going to pay the mortgage when we get home. And for me, that means a lot. And you're not you're not doing it for the gram. You're not vacationing. You know, doing these things on credit. But you can't really afford it. You actually can afford it. So my mom told me something really important years ago. She said, when you're older, before you die, all you have are memories. Mm. So that kind of transformed my thinking. Like, you can't take all this stuff to the grave. You know, you have to build these lasting memories. When I'm when I'm 90 years old, when my kids are 70 years old, they will always remember the cruise they've been on, Disney trip, no matter how long ago it was. And nobody's going to remember how much it cost us. Yeah. They'll just remember that we actually did it. One of the things I pray about for myself is that um, I want to take my kids to Israel, mm-hmm. you know, when they are old enough to understand and comprehend the word of God. Mm-hmm. I want to turn their Bible into a 3D, you know, experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to take, you know, my kids to Dubai. I want to take them somewhere out of the country once a year, specifically my daughter's. So this way, when some young buck like myself come around and be like, marry me and I'm going to take you all over the place, their response is going to be, well, where are you taking me? Because my dad is taking me everywhere. There you go. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and the fact that I can do that, um, I get excited about that. The fact that me and my wife can get away and I told myself, it's a goal. I posted on Instagram um, a few weeks ago. I said, yo, dear future wife. I'm going to, we're going to have, uh, what did I say? Like four honeymoons 
Um, I think I saw that one. It's like we're going to have like, I don't know, I think it was like 10 honeymoons or something like that. But what it is is like the first year is going to be honeymoon season. Mm-hmm. We're not having any kids. Uh, every quarter, we're going to go somewhere out of the country. Every month, one weekend, three-day weekend, we're going to go somewhere in the state and just get away. Just get away. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because I think sometimes in that first year, we we from what I understand from couples, is that first year, it could either be a good year or a bad year, the first year of marriage. And my thing is, I really want us to get away and really learn more of each other yeah. before we bring kids into that experience. And we didn't do that. For real. We, we got married, then we found out we are pregnant three months later. So the first year really is focused on you know getting ready for this baby. Then the second year literally is all focused on a baby. Absolutely. So yeah, we didn't do what you were talking about in... You know, not to say we have any regrets, but if I were to give any advice to a young couple, I would tell them, hey, go ahead and get married, get to know each other, spend that time together. Yeah. Then work on having kids. So good. So good. Yo, we just now tuned into the show. Welcome back to the table. It's your boy, Anthony O'Neill, man. We're in the beautiful city of Atlanta and we took the table here to this beautiful city. Uh, it's a little, little table. It's not the table, but it's a little table. But we're having a great conversation. The content hasn't changed. We're keeping it real. We're keeping it relevant. And we are keeping it relatable. Two quick things before we get back to today's show. Uh, number one, don't forget to park your emergency fund at Prize Pool. That's where I park my funds. Don't forget three to six months of your uh, average expenses. All right. So this is your hair, ladies. This will be, you know, your haircut, brothers, you know, your mortgage payment, your uh, insurance. I want you to set aside at least three to six months to make sure that you do not go back into debt. Or if you're getting out of debt and you have a thousand dollars in your emergency fund, okay, you're going to be parking that inside a prize pool. Now, why prize pool? Let me tell you real quick. Number one is because they F- they are FDIC insured. Uh, number two, they're going to give you 0.30% interest rate on return. And the average bank is like 0.005 or something like that. It's ridiculous. And then what I really love, let's say you got $1,000 in there where every single week they give away cash prizes. Every single month they give away cash prizes like right around fifteen dollars to $20,000. Why not have your money sitting in this account, getting the interest rate, and on top of that, you get... That's right. Some grand prize opportunities from Prize Pool. It's an app. It's easy. It's simple. Check it out. They are in the show description. Number two, the average person in America is going to make about forty-two to about fifty-five thousand dollars a year. If you look like me, forty-eight percent of us make about thirty-five to thirty-eight thousand dollars a year. And to be quite frank with you, I'm sick and tired of that. Okay, it is time for us to really start making more money. And one of the highest rising uh, career fields is the tech field. I have partnered with Bethel Tech. It is completely affordable. I'm telling you right now, if you are looking to get into a career field to where you can go from making $35,000, dollars a year to six figures, $100,000 a year, you want to check out my friends over there at Bethel Tech. You're going to get a $1,500 scholarship. And you guys know I don't do debt. So they're going to break down their, their payment plans for you. And it is very affordable. Think about it. If you can commit to nine months with this program, you can change the next nine years of your life for just giving yourself nine months inside of this program and start making six figures. And just like our couples are saying today, you heard them. They were making six figures, paid off $80,000 in about, what, two years. And now they're really balling and doing some things. That could be you. So check out Prize Pool in the show description below. And also check out my family over there at Bethel Tech. And tell Bethel Tech that Anthony sent you so you can get that $1,500 scholarship. And go tell one of your friends. But let's get back to today's show. So I got a question for y'all. 
Um, now that you all have three kids, you're out of debt, you all are building wealth, you all are teaching wealth building stuff on YouTube. How are you having that conversation with your kids? Mm-hmm. Ooh. So they, we've been doing, we've been having these conversations with our kids for a while. So okay. for instance, my, our oldest just got a job. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, he's 15 and he is working at an ice cream parlor and He's working at ice cream. Yeah. He, well, it's called Brahms. It's okay. ice cream burgers. Yeah. And he makes about nine fifty an hour. Okay, man, balling over fifteen. <laughs> balling at because I, 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 I wasn't doing that at fifteen, bro. I was making four dollars and fifty cents an hour at Taco Bell. I was making four dollars an hour at Publix. <laughs> first job. <laughs> then I got an upgrade four twenty five at Kroger. Four twenty five. Uh, I was yeah. four fifty at uh, Taco Bell in California. Mm. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Well, he, he's balling. So we told, we always tell him, you have to save or invest 50% of anything you make. So when he got his first two checks, yeah. I opened him a Roth IRA for a minor. Come on. Half of it has gone into there. So, wow. and then my daughter, one thing about her, which you know, she's taking on my personality now, where she has a hard time spending money. She might get $200 and she wants to save 185 and invest it. And then she only keeps $15. So then later on, she'll come to me and say, Daddy, I, I need some money. money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're trying to teach them balance because have, we have one that just in, wants to invest too much. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, is there such thing as too much? But yeah. it could be, right? Yeah. Like if they, if they can't you know, freely spend it and have, right. have fun with it, then you have, you know, we had the oldest one who didn't want to save anything at first, but now he's doing it. Mm. Then we have the baby who's kind of in between. So we, we have had those conversations. What Definitely. do you say? Um, I think our oldest, now that he's making his own money, we have these conversations and we watch all these different financial uh, shows and platforms. He knows that he can be a millionaire by 30. You know, he knows that it's easy. To- 50% of his check already. Yeah. yeah. So knowing that it's easy for him to, to do those things. He's going to have six figures just from the power of compound interest before he graduates high school. If he keep that up. Right. Depending on how much he works, how much he puts inside of right. it. But. What? I, I just, you know, I think back when I was 15 year old, 15 years old and I was working and, and I just can't imagine had I put 10 or $15 of every check into an index fund or a mutual fund, what it would look like now. So we don't want to make the same mistake with our kids. Listen, man, how do you do that? How do you, how do you, like, that's the question that I ask young people. Listen, if you make $5,000 throughout this year, right? Listen, just put two thousand dollars in, in a Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. You do that just for six years, let that thing sit there for thirty years. You never like what in the world? You, you sitting on seven figures when your friends will be sitting on negative money. You know, there's a study that came out that said that by 2053, people who look like us, we're going to be negative in our net worth. We're not going to have you know a whole bunch of money. We're going to be so in debt that we are negative in our network. See, and, and those, these are studies that are predicting these things, but why can't we collectively stop that in reverse course? Right? But how do we do it? Like what, in your opinion, what do we have to do as a people to stop that? First of all, we have to have these conversations. Like yes. that is a start in just continuing to educate people. Like we talked about rich and regular Julian and Kirsten yeah. and they have the money on the table episodes and things yeah. like that. And they're, they're having these you know, uh, blunt conversations with people and not make it trying to take off the edge of having those money discussions yeah. and not making it so taboo. You know, one of the things I agree with you on is, uh, I, I mean, I agree with you on that part. And it's like, we got to be on, we have to understand to have this conversation. We may, na- we may not all agree on particulars yeah. 
but we do agree on financial freedom mm-hmm. and that there's, there's going to be different routes. You know, uh, I had an opportunity to be on earn your leisure and some other platforms mm-hmm. and not everyone agrees with my method, mm-hmm. but I like the fact that we can all still have a conversation. Yeah. And I think that's important for the culture. What else do you think? What, because I'm, 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 I'm so curious about this, especially for us. How do we change that future? Let, let me also say this. Uh-uh. I, I, so we bought our house in 2015. Mm-hmm. Periodically, we start looking to upgrade our house. Uh-oh. You know, we start looking, going to houses, taking our kids to houses and always looking for better. But I had a friend who one day said, Google the hedonic treadmill, hedonic adaptation. So I looked it up and basically it says, no matter where you are, you have, a, everybody has a, a baseline of happiness. Yeah. And if you have a loved one who dies, you'll, you'll, you'll fall for a little bit. You'll be depressed, but then you'll gradually work your way up to that baseline. If you go buy a new house, a new car, you will be high for a few weeks. Then you'll work your way back down. So basically what that says is that no matter what you do, the highs or lows, it won't make you a happier person. Mm. And once I learned about that, now if we go look at a house or car, it's like, will the, will the payoff be worth, you know, how much we have to pay for it? And we always come back and say, no, like the extra mortgage payment, the, you know, increasing debt, Mortgage debt, will it make us any happier than we are now? Mm. Maybe for a couple of weeks, but ultimately it won't. Yeah, yeah. So if we look, if we kind of com- compare that to what we see on social media, where people always are trying to seek happiness and they're always trying to outdo their friends, outdo even themselves. And ultimately, at the end of the day, they're no happier than they were. Yeah. And I think you were telling me that you all were thinking about buying a house and you look at it. Nah, we're just going to stay right here. So your y'all's philosophy is let's go ahead and just pay it off. Mm-hmm. And then whenever we get, you know, to retirement age, we'll look at it. Yep. All right. We've yeah. already gotten out of debt. And I don't want to put my whole paycheck again on a, on a mortgage payment. Yeah. See, I think you just made some people upset. Well, if you got the money, how come you can't enjoy it? And that's, that's what they're saying. I, I enjoy having freedom and options better. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and, and again, your freedom and options may look different from my freedom and options. Right. Yeah. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. But I mean, I think we as a people have to really look at we are creative. We are smart, but we're drowning in debt. Yeah. They say that the average black person would die leaving their kids with bills and with benefits. Mm -hmm. And the benefits are only enough to take care of the bills, Mm -hmm. not to set them up for legacy, not to set them up on how to build wealth. It's, it's, hey, I'm going to leave you enough benefits to bury me. I'm going to leave you enough benefits to take care of some of the bills. um, And I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't want that for. Well, I, I, I agree 100%. So what would a 65-year-old Anthony think about the decisions that the 37-year-old Anthony made? That's how you have to look at that. Absolutely. And we, right now, the, the trajectory we have, we feel like we'll be proud of the decisions we made. But I'm not proud of the decisions 20-year-old Rashad made. I Me just, neither. Yeah. No, so I'm not even proud of all the decisions that I've made at 37 or 37 yeah. now. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... We just always have to have, we have to have those conversations within, you know, our, our household, Absolutely. but more importantly with ourselves. Yes. Well, I mean, I know I've made multiple mistakes and I've pulled her into some of those and she's been forgiving. And, but at the same time, she holds herself accountable because I, I can say, Hey, let's go get this car. And she signs off on it. She can't necessarily just say, Oh, he bullied me into that. She ha- she also takes ownership of it because I, it's never been a dictatorship. It's been 50, 50, but 
sometimes Uh-oh. she might she might feel like a little pressure, you know. <laughs> but ultimately, if she says no, then it you know we're not gonna do it. So oh, I don't know what you got to add to that. Oh, fifty fifty. So y'all y'all believe in like you know because you know you know I'm in that that generation of uh, they don't really like that term fifty fifty. If well, you bring that up to a twenty five year old fifty fifty, no, he, it's gonna be one hundred him, and I do what I want to do. So, so I'm guessing you're speaking about like the financial part right now. Absolutely. We just, so I probably make almost 75% or 70% of the household income, right? but it's our money. So we just throw everything in one account and then she gets her blow money. I get my blow money. I don't question her about her blow money. She doesn't question me about mine. So let me get it straight. Cause I, I want to make sure I understand what you're saying. Make sure it's like what I, what I, what I teach is you have the primary checking. All the money goes into that. Mm-hmm. Y'all budget it. Y'all have a savings account. Then y'all have two di- different checking accounts. Mm-hmm. And if y'all agree, all right, you get 500, you get a thousand. Whatever. If I come back home with a Louis bag that costs me 700 bucks, I'm, it's okay. That was your blow money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause in the past, let's say we just have that one checking account and my birthday's coming up yeah. and she wants to do something for me. Well, if I see a $200 purchase from you are Aces or whatever. Yeah, I know like it's it's for me. So right. now it's like, hey, did, she gets her account, I get my account. Whatever we do within those accounts, you know, we're not micromanaging yeah, yeah. each other. And so, it avoids all that, what you just said. Whatever absolutely. I want to buy for me, I buy for me what he wants to buy for him. So is your <laughs> hair money, because your hair flawless right now, <laughs> is your hair money coming out of the primary as in the budgeted account or is it coming out of your spending account? So like for me, because as a woman, women sometimes need other things. Yeah. I get a little more blow money than he does. So it's really. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, I don't know about all that. That's going to be 50-50. <laughs> so, I, I, and I'll be transparent. So, I give myself, we give our, we give me 250 a month. Uh-huh. We give her 500 If I have 500 I need a little bit. <laughs> you double the amount. I mean, I just, if no, I have. If that's I, a good husband right now. <laughs> but I mean a $20 haircut versus a, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But that's once a month. <laughs> Depends on the style. <laughs> I'm gonna be real. Like I can't imagine what I would do with five hundred dollars a month. I ain't trying to get in no trouble, so I give myself two fifty, give her five hundred, and we good. <laughs> five hundred dollars a month, yeah, bro. Uh, that's good. So that, so now, so that's the that that's the why, right? right? So you know, we for so long we were constricted, mm-hmm. and we had those shackles. Yeah. So once I explained to her, okay, once we're debt free, we don't have to worry about paying all these other people, we will have more freedom. And financial peace. And that's what she has. Now she gets all of this extra money. She so if she said, oh, I'm getting 500, it costs me 250 to do my hair. I'm going to stack this 250 for like four months. That's $1,000. She comes home with a little bit of time purse for $1,000. Emotionally, are you saying, what, what did you just do? Or are you like, okay, cool. I'm like, I don't care. Because it didn't come out of the household budget. The household yeah, budget. Yeah. And like, for example, what's all in the household budget? Well, you know, you have your, your, Give you have your retirement Roth IRA 403b the mortgage kids yeah food gas all of that stuff is in there that's exactly what I teach and and that's what I would have I I would have checking account primary where all the money goes into Mm -hmm. Uh, then I would have a emergency fund where we never touch that account then I'll probably have another savings account Mm -hmm. for just if we're building for a house or we both said we want to go on a trip boom. Mm -hmm. Then we'll have two checking accounts. Yep. And then as I have kids, they will have their own checking account 
that I would give to them to, I, I want to monitor my kids. I will be micromanaging my kids. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because I mean, they don't know any better. Right. You know, because even with our son's money, you know, we, we make him save the 50% and then he has his own checking account. Yeah. And he still asks, hey, hey, dad, can I buy this or can I buy that? And we tell him, hey, do what you want. Yeah. But we still let him know it's an opportunity cost. So if you buy this, $80 pair of shoes. Yeah. Don't come to me when you need $20 yeah. for, you know, a, a yeah. trip or yeah. something for school yeah. or lunch money. No, no, no. You better eat your shoes. <laughs> <laughs> and he also needs to know those $80 pair of shoes, right? It, it, 30 years from now, it could be a $1,600 pair of shoes just yeah. because of the, the, yeah. the missed opportunity. So Absolutely. we don't want them to think about that with everything, like every meal you have. That could have been compound interest, you know, but we do want them to have to understand. Man, I so. love it, man. I love it. One last thing before we go. Uh, what is one piece of advice you'll give people right now? Single people, single people who are uh, desiring marriage. How do how what is one piece of advice you'll give them to set them up to win financially when they get inside of a marriage? To, to be completely honest with you, man, the number one thing you need to do is get out of debt ASAP. Get out of debt and stay out of debt. That's it. You have any disagreement? Not at all. And don't be afraid of the word budget. It's not a bad thing. Thank you. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. Yo, so where can my people find you, man? Wealth Building Educator on YouTube. Okay. Email is uh, thewealthyeducator at gmail.com. If you have any questions, I'm always available. We're doing coaching sessions and things like that. So, yo, it's the table right here in Atlanta. See you next week. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.